as a podcaster, everything I watch on TV, I'm always kind of going, how does this apply to podcasting? And even though I'm not a 15-year-old girl, I watched the Billie Eilish documentary on Apple TV. It's called The World's a Little Blurry. And I kind of wanted to see what I could learn from somebody who is having massive success. And if you're like, I've never heard of her, it's probably because you're not a 15-year-old girl. But I wanted to understand why. And number one, she's a pretty smart cookie. She's 19. And she has the fashion sense to more or less dress up like SpongeBob. Like she looks like a giant square. And if you think about it, if you were a 19-year-old female pop singer, you know you're going under the microscope. And I thought that was pretty cool. You also see where she kind of looks a little bit like she's a control freak, but she knows what she wants to do. She knows her mission, even though her record label's like, we need a hit. And her lyrics are insanely vulnerable, which helps to connect with her audience. And she has a very unique voice. It's kind of this jazzy, whispery thing. The fun thing is she records her albums with her brother in a bedroom. So here again, it's not the tech. So if you hear her music, it was recorded in a bedroom. And in the documentary, you see while she might get tired of doing press, she always takes time to greet her fans. You also get to see the impact her music has on people. This has led to her having 44 million followers on Spotify, 81 million followers on Instagram. In 2020, she earned not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six Grammys. The documentary, she was paid $25 million for that from Apple, and her net worth is reportedly at $53 million. And that's not too bad for two people having fun recording things in their bedroom. Speaking of two people recording things from their house, today we're going to hear how a husband and wife team are recording podcasts about dog sitting and wait till you hear the impact they are having on their audience. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005. I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson. Thanking you so much for tuning in. I just rolled over 16 years now in podcasting. That's back when I started the School of Podcasting, which you can find at schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER when you sign up to save 20% on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And before we get to our chat with Colin Funkmeister, and if you're like, hey, Dave, what the guy, his real name is Funkmeister. That's not me like coming up with a cool, fun name for him. I need to remind you that the question of the month is coming up. I need your answers by April 23rd, 2021. The question of the month is, and this is for people who have a co-host, how did you go about finding or choosing your co-host? I'd love to hear about this. Go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. And while you're there, be sure to tell us the name of your show, where we can find it, and a little bit about it. And then, of course, how did you go about finding and choosing your co-host? And again, I need those by April 23rd, 2021. Just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. met Colin, who does the Pet Sitter Confessional podcast. You can find it at PetSitterConfessional.com. On Saturday morning, I do a live call-in show called Ask the Podcast Coach. And when I heard about his show, 
about pet sitting that he does with his lovely wife, Megan, I was like, ah, I bet there's a story here. And there was. Here's my talk with Colin. Colin, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's a real honor. What inspired you to to start a podcast for pet sitters? So my wife and I have been pet sitting for almost nine years, a little over nine years at this point, actually. And about two years ago, three years ago at this point, we sat down and just wanted to do something different, wanted to do something creative together. We don't really figure that we're creative bunch of people. And I've always listened to podcasts. My wife was like, well, why don't we do that? You like that. That's something interesting. What could we do? And we were like, well, what are we? How do we define ourselves? What could we speak from with interest and authority and tell funny stories? And we're like, oh, why don't we talk about being a pet sitter, the life of a pet sitter? So our podcast is Pet Sitter Confessional by Pet Sitters for Pet Sitters, where we tell funny stories and experiences and things we've learned. What are some of the things you've previously talked about on your show? Recently, we talked about the importance of educating your clients on not just your services and why they're needed, but also helping them to be better pet parents and why that helps you stand out of the crowd. We do interviews with other pet sitters. So we bring pet sitters from across the globe to come in and we interview them just about their story. So we start at the very beginning. Why did you start being a pet sitter? And what would you want to tell somebody that's just starting out today? So we've had a little over uh, almost 80 guests on at this point and from all across the globe. And it's been really interesting. And Colin and Megan know exactly who their audience is. We are constantly having to disambiguate ourselves but that we are not for pet owners. You know, pet owners can listen and they can get a little peek behind the curtain about what their pet sitter goes through or listen to a show and figure out what a good pet sitter should do. But we're really targeted pet business owners who are walking dogs and maybe they're solopreneurs or maybe they have a small team around them. So he's doing pet sitting and not just pet sitting, dog pet sitting. So he niched down on that. And by having that super focused niche, it enabled him to get a sponsor. And so we kind of early on, my wife and I sat down and we were like, okay, we're, we're business owners. We're, we're business owners. Who would we want to work with? And we made a big list and we sat down and we, we actually just emailed those people and said, look, here's who our audience is. Here's our method. And here's the why of why we're doing this podcast to grow community, get connected and tell stories. And we got an awesome response. And so we, we actually have a pet software company who actually manages pet bookings, payment processing, those kind of things, the back end work for a business. Mm-hmm. They, they, I got them on the phone and they were like, absolutely, we want to work with you. You're talking to the people that we want to talk with. Right. And then we actually just recently brought on uh, this company who their only thing is they have a product where if a client's pet dies, the pet business owner can go online order flowers, order some some pretty decorations and have them sent to them as part of the grieving process, as a gift, as a in memorial of them. Mm-hmm. And she actually reached out to us and said, hey, I found your podcast. We want to want to work with you guys because, again, you're talking to the people who we want to get connected with. How did you, and I'm not trying to get in your wallet, how did you figure out how to price stuff? It was really hard because we were pretty, we're still new to podcasting and in all of the forums, you know, they're like, oh, it's $10 per thousand listeners or, or whatever the yeah. CPMs rate. And, and we knew very early on that we were very niche and we were never going to get 
20,000 listeners every single week because we, right. you know, it's just, it's just not, there, there's a cap on the number of pet sitters. Pet yeah. sitters. There's a cap on the number of pet sitters and there's going to be a cap on the number of pet sitters who also listen to podcasts. And so we knew that going in and we were fine with that. So basically we just sat down and we were like, look, what are magazines charging? What are these other ad rates going out there? It was kind of scary just being honest about charging these higher rates yeah. for these, these products or, you know, for these ad spots. Cause it was like, who, who am I to charge that? You know, I don't know what's going on, but we had the listenership and we had these dedicated people who were following us and just loved and ate up everything we put out there. And we could take that to these sponsors and go, this is what we're bringing to the table. And they absolutely love it. They love the, the targeted that it is and that it's coming from us too. Well, and the other thing you brought up, the the one is, uh, I'm assuming, is it a monthly subscription to the kind of backend software? Is there something you buy once? Yeah, it's it's a monthly subscription that they pay for. So, and do you know what people pay for that? So they pay fifty dollars a month if you're just by yourself, and then for each person that you add on for your team, it's an additional charge on top of that. Got it. So think about this. This is where people go. Well, I don't know what I should charge. You got to remember the lifespan of a customer. So if they get one person from your particular show, and that person walks dogs you've been doing this for how long you said eight years nine years nine years, nine years. so that's uh a lot of months lot of i'm months. not gonna do math <laughs> it's a lot of months times 50 you know that's where you gotta start to think about you know not just the fact that they're gonna pay for this month yeah. but how much money is that customer gonna bring in and that's where you kind of go oh I need to raise my price. Hold on a second. <laughs> well, and two, they're, they're host read. So either my wife or myself will yeah. read them on the show. They're baked in. They're not dynamic. They're there yeah. for as long as the, the show's there. And that's another selling point for these really targeted ads that people are not targeted ads, but these for this targeted market, especially when you're doing on a smaller scale, because you look at the built up value that we've had a sponsor now for almost two years. We're going on two years here in a couple months where, and they've been with us for that long. And it's all of those shows that that person has now that is that they're in and they're locked in. And the number of repeat listeners or the number of people who go through our entire back catalog is actually a lot. Well, because you can't get information about pet sitting. You know what I mean? It's not like there's thousands of blogs out there on the subject. That's what's great about it. Right. And so many people think if I could just get this big name person on my podcast that my numbers would just go through the roof. And I've always said, it's not the size of the guest that brings the value. It's the size of the value that makes the guest. The people that we are interviewing are actually directly in our target audience. So we're bringing pet sitters to talk to other pet sitters. So the podcast itself is people talking to other listeners of the show. And we're pretty open about people who we bring on. We don't really select I know a lot of people try and select based off of audience size or who their reach is so they can promote the show, right? And they're always interested in, well, this person has 20,000 followers and this person has two, so I'll take the 20,000 followers. They're still a listener of our show, so I want them on the show. <laughs> and we have gotten some of the best conversations from people who have one follower or two followers versus somebody who's had 20 or 30. And we never any see any bumps from people who have the higher followers. And you remember me talking about the impact that they're having on their audience? Check this out. 
just recently, a lady posted on Instagram where she sat down and she recorded herself listening to every single one of our episodes and then edited it together. We have 161 episodes that we've produced. And she listened to the entire back catalog over the course of two weeks, almost three weeks. And at the end, she gave a very heartfelt what the show meant to her, how much she learned, how much she had grown, and just that she felt more connected to people. And my wife and I sat there and we we cried, right? We <laughs> we, we were yeah. like we we're like what? Like what is going on? Like this is this means so much that somebody would take that time. And and I think part of that is as pet sitters, you spend really long days away from everybody and not talking to people. You tend to talk to pets, they can't really talk back. And to <laughs> so if they do, let me know, and we will we'll bring you on the show. <laughs> but to have our voices and other pet sitters' voices in their ears while they're doing pet sitting, saying, you know, it's going to be okay. I know it's hard. We can get through this. Here's some strategies to grow your business. Here's what we're experiencing. We're right in the trenches with you. Like, it really just kind of feels like everyone's giving each other a big hug. And I know that sounds really sappy, but... Especially through last year, like that's what everybody needed. And it really, we felt this big connection and this huge click that just happened when we were just telling stories. When you can make somebody who feels alone not feel alone, I, I mean, I know we talk about CPMs and all this other stuff. I'm like, to me, that is, is priceless. How many episodes to, did this woman listen to? She went through 162. We just released another one. Yeah. So, yeah, 162 episodes. And oh, oh and and she had filled three composition books full of notes, annotations, and comments that she wanted to implement in her business and things that she had learned through that audio. So this lady listened to 115 hours of audio. And if someone is taking notes from your podcast, you know you are delivering value. And I know what you're thinking. You're probably like, oh, let me guess. These guys have a background in media. They've been on the radio for 15 years, something like that, right? My wife and I are not coaches. We, we're not selling things on the podcast that go back to us. We don't have a, a business around the podcast. The podcast is itself. And to know that somebody looked at that and said, this has value and this is what I want. And that kind of connection is, as you said, totally priceless and Almost, we didn't know what to do with that because it was just so huge of an act by this listener. And we get feedback from people all the time of going, I never knew somebody was going through this. I never knew other people were experiencing this. And it's pet sitting, right? You think, how hard can it be? Or, you know, well, <laughs> but, but, but it does feel lonely. And, and that's, that's what we're kind of feeling like we're tapping into and growing with other people as well. Like we tell them, you know, we don't have all the answers but we will help you find them and we will bring people on who can talk about that. And we want to be that resource and we want to be that voice and lift up other voices too. So what are the things are you doing to build your community? So we do have a Facebook page um, that we interact with a lot. Um, we are posting unique questions in there um, and we are interacting on those posts. And that's been a lot of fun. Um, we've really enjoyed um, giving some prompts to interact with people, but after almost two years now, people are asking their own questions. And that's really gratifying to see when people start using that as a forum to bring up their questions, bring up their things that they are experiencing. We do Instagram lives every now and then. And then one of the things that we also do is we have a, a, a weekly kind of wrap up email that we send out every Friday. And we really started that in the middle of the pandemic because we started out doing once a week. 
And then when the pandemic hit, we started doing three to four shows a week. And it was just so much <laughs> because we were trying to keep everybody up to date about how the pet sitting world was changing and things that they should be expect mm. and pulling in interviews and people and these resources and giving it to the, to our listeners. And a weekly wrap up email has actually been a huge hit because some people can't hit every episode. Some people don't get all the links yeah. and it's a great way to just get that information in front of them again so that they can experience that. I'm going to make your next renewment of your sponsor super easy. This tip comes courtesy of Mark from Beyond Bourbon Street. Ask your sponsor if they would like to be in your Facebook group. Mm. Because what's great about this is, again, they're now intermingling. And just say, look, don't spam the crap out of the, the, the Facebook group. <laughs> We're already promoting you. But yeah. what's great is what Mark did is he had a sponsor – and then when it came time to renew the advertising, he's like, in his case, it was uh, the name of the company was Two Chicks Walking. It was a walking tour because he's in uh, New Orleans. And he said, hey, how many people have gone on a, a walking tour with the two chicks? A bazillion hands went up. So it was kind of nice to kind of go, hey, look, your advertising is working. So <laughs> that might be something. It's a it's a great strategy to uh, to try. And plus – in theory, I would think they'd want to be in there because now they're seeing exactly – they might come up with some features to add to the software that they didn't know because you know it's a chance for them to get to know their audience better, and everybody wins in that scenario. You're getting paid. They're getting information. They're getting customers. Your customer is getting a great product. So I also I saw where you're starting a Patreon or you have a Patreon page. How is that working? You know, it's growing. Um, it's still in its infancy stage. And that was a big struggle for my Megan and myself when we were trying to figure out how to structure that. Because, you know, I see a lot of Patreons out there that are throwing out buttons and T-shirts and gadgets and gizmos and all sorts of stuff and, and all these extras. And we, we took a big step back and we said, you know, what we really want is we want to be able to pour everything we can into the podcast. And I don't really want to get distracted with making extra videos or this extra content when the pot in and let the podcast falter because you know both my wife and I do work full time job, jobs. We all are pet sitters. We're up at all hours of the day with two kids, so we're really looking at our time and going, how can we best value this and make it still worthwhile? So we have two tiers. Um, the lower tier is basically they get extra good feelings for supporting their favorite show. Uh, they get access right. to <laughs> they get access to a private community. And that's it. And then the step above that is they get all those, plus they get unedited, extra long interviews to early access. Because I'm already doing the interview. I'm already sitting down with somebody. I can not edit it out you know, as intensely as I typically do. And they get that at a little bit earlier than they normally would. That tip you just heard is from my book, Profit from Your Podcast, Proven Strategies to Turn Listeners into a Livelihood. You can find that book at ProfitFromYourPodcast.com. Now, if you don't have a podcast, it's time to join the School of Podcasting, where we make sure you sound professional, confident, and engaging. You're never going to buy equipment you won't need. You'll gain access to step-by-step -step tutorials, live group coaching, priority email support, and a private Facebook group filled with brilliant podcasting minds. All there to help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. Check it out over at schoolofpodcasting.com slash join and use the coupon code listener when you sign up. And it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash join. Now back to Colin. 
Did you think anybody would listen to this when you started it? No, genuinely no. We looked at where the space was. You know, we kind of looked at who the biggest players were in pet sitting and some of the organizations and the people who had the largest followers and tried to figure out where we would fit in this. And we were like, that huge imposter syndrome of who am I, who was my wife and I to talk about this? We're, we're literally nobody. Nobody knows us. We're starting from zero. The likelihood that the word's going to get out is basically none, but we're still going to do this because we want to try it. And flash forward two yeah, years yeah. and <laughs> I'll give all credit to my wife. She is social media guru for us. The amount of work that she puts in, how she's grown that has been amazing. And now we've got all these followers and these people listening to us and looking to us. It's immense, right? It's it's really humbling to think that who are we again? And and we still think about that, you know, because we we're still we tell we tell our listeners we're nobody. We got a review from somebody that was like, "These people are nobody. They're not coaches." Blah blah blah. And <laughs> my wife and I were kind of like, "Yeah, that's the point. That's the whole point of this, right? Yeah. Like, you don't. <laughs> we're just we're just sharing." And so. You know, a couple points of advice would be it's okay to start from zero. Everybody does. That's okay. And to put it in a lot of context and looking at numbers and figuring this stuff out, it's like if you had that number of people, I know a lot of people say this, but if you if you had that number of people in a room listening to you talk every single week, would you be excited? And that hits home every now and then when my wife and I look at our numbers that we get every week and then we'll see... Uh, you know, one of the largest pet sitters associations out there, they'll do a Facebook live or they'll do a full online conference. And we are doing double or triple or quadruple the numbers that they're pulling in on that. And we just, you know, again, you take a big step back, but just, just starting and figuring out what your voice is, is really huge. Don't get to step two of who's my listener or what's all this or what equipment do I buy? I look at who you are and what you want to share and that alone being genuine and coming from that standpoint, really, really, you can't put a price on that and people will immediately connect and they'll see that. I had one lady who commented and she said, I can tell you're smiling when you talk. And, and, and I had to take a step back and I recorded the next time we, we did. And I was like, Oh, I do. Oh, I do smile all the time. And people pick up on that. People pick up on those little things that, that you have no idea that you do, but it's those little things that people love. And to not be afraid of that, putting yourself behind the microphone, embrace, you have to embrace yourself and be okay with that. And that's huge. That's, that's really huge. You, you've kind of been saying like, who am I? So if, if you don't mind sharing, like what, if, can we share what your day jobs are? Sure. So um, I'm actually a biologist by trade. I do. I work. I was on- going to guess that. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I bet he's a bi... You know what? He seems like a nice guy. He looks like a biologist. Now go ahead. So- I've, I've got some preserved squid and fish behind me if you want one. Um, <laughs> nice. So I'm a biologist by trade and by, by training and experience. Uh, and my wife has a master's in environmental toxicology. Uh, and she does... She works from home now doing taxes and she helps with CPAs and all this stuff too. And so that's where we're coming from. And we've we've been pet sitting for nine years on top of that and running that business. And so... So no no radio training, no media, just just a biologist and a... Right. Like (laughs) we, we have no experience in social media marketing, in running this kind of business, in producing and editing, zero experience, just avid podcast fan listen to all sorts of ones. And 
wanted to start telling some stories. And that's where that's genuinely where that started. And so stories, stories is, is where it's at. That's it. <laughs> You're you both have full time jobs. You have two children and you pet sit. How do you find time to podcast? <laughs> scheduling, scheduling, scheduling. Most of the time when my wife and I, <laughs> like we live and die by our calendar. So it's an absolute mess and mayhem. And anybody who looks at it would probably need to sit down and faint for a little bit. But we really try and throughout the week work on show notes, work on topics little by little every single day. And we're constantly sharing back in a Google Doc and reviewing them just a little bit, right? Taking these little bites, not, you know, not eating the elephant all at once. And, and that's really what we have to do with that. For the interviews, I really enjoy the interviews. And I try and schedule those out way in advance and just stack them up so that if someone cancels or something changes, there's plenty of time to plan and nobody gets freaked out about it. I'm currently working with a lady to try and get her interviewed and we've had to move it like seven times. And it's fine. <laughs> but it's this with this time and this buffer and building buffer in our lives and not scheduling things back to back to back to back to back to back to back. So you don't feel compressed so that when you, you have time to relax and you have time to take in, you have time to process giving ourselves that time and giving ourselves permission to have that time because you always feel like you could be doing more, especially as hobby podcasters. I feel like there's all we could do one more thing. I could post one more thing. I could do this one more thing. And just knowing we're going to post when we can, we're going to work out a schedule. We're going to stick to the schedule and then that's all we're going to do. And that's fine. Right. And that way there's more of us at the end of the day. And there's more of us for our listeners too. Right. They don't want us to show up on a Sunday after night at you know, 9 PM at night to record. And both her and I are just like, Oh, this, uh, you know, <laughs> and just not be there. We have to give ourselves space. <laughs> that's it. And now it's time for a last five and five. What were the last five podcasts you listened to? I'm going to throw a pop quiz at you because you just said you listen to podcasts. And if you want to grab your phone, it's allowed. What were the, not what are your favorite podcasts? If you can oh. remember, what were the last five podcasts you listened to? Oh, and man. if you can tell me a little bit about them. Okay, sure. I'm actually listening to Creating Great Grooming Dogs. Okay. She comes on and she's a groomer. In this one, she talks about anthropomorphizing dogs and how not to read human body language or human emotion into the dogs that you're working with. Really, really interesting was listening to Back to Work with Merlin Mann and Dan Benjamin. They, they talk a little bit about productivity hacks, but it's a lot about like work-life balance. I've been listening to that one for forever. I listened to uh, the talk show with John Gruber. So it's a tech podcast that comes out and they talk mostly about, about Apple, but kind of the state of things in the tech world. And I listened to The Feed this morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... A good one. Yeah. Yesterday I got caught up on the flop house. I've never see this is why I asked this question. I've never heard of the flop house. What is that about? It's a movie review podcast. It's with Elliot Kalin, Dan McCoy, and Stuart Wellington. They watch a bad movie and they talk about it. And it's kind of a comedy podcast, right? And they <laughs> so they kind of review these cheesy movies and these ones that just aren't really good, but do it in a funny, kind of lighthearted way. Well, the website again, petsitterconfessional.com. Colin, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is, uh, this is a blast and, uh, you will probably make it into a few of my slides in the future when people talk about like, what are some niche podcasts? I'm like, well, chameleon breeding, 
pet sitting. You know, it's like you'll definitely be making it in there. So I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you a lot. Oh, there is so much chocolatey goodness in that interview. I love the fact that when he was thinking about looking for sponsors, he was like, hey, who would we actually want to work with? Like, not just like get their money, but who would we want to work with? I love that. I love the fact that he said some of his best guests are just, for lack of a better phrase, normal people. They're not people with 81 million Instagram followers. They're actually taking notes because his podcast is delivering so much value. We actually talked after we stopped, and I said, you ought to look into creating a course maybe because he's got all this information, and he's already got two streams of income, and that's the other thing. They didn't start this to make money. They started because they thought it would be fun, and they wanted to do something together as a couple, and let's do something creative. And I'm here to tell you, Colin, keep Megan. Any wife that says, hey, honey, why don't you start a podcast? That's a keeper in my book right there. That's the way I do that. So the last thing I want to mention that I thought was really important there was he mentioned about keeping a buffer. And there are times when I have taken on too many things. Now, people always say, Dave, you have like how many? Five, six podcasts? I have a lot of podcasts, but I also have no wife and no kids. So that's, again, enables me to do that. But I am, even with that, I'm looking to scale back on some of my non-podcast about podcasting podcasts. Say that three times fast. And just get a little buffer. You want to have enough space in your life so that when things go like, I don't know, you're having somebody installing air conditioning or you just bought a shed for your backyard and you're trying to figure out when am I going to put that thing together? You need a little buffer in your life. And it also helps you maintain your sanity. I don't know about you, but there are just times when your brain is just like, ugh, and you need a little buffer. And here where I am in Ohio in April, it's now spring. It's very nice outside, and I want to go outside, and I've been doing that. And having that time to kind of just go, ah. you know, a lot of people call it meditation, whatever you want to call it, you do need some downtime because your body just can't be up all the time. The uh, Probably a couple of weeks ago, I binge-watched The Walking Dead, the latest season, and after like four episodes of that, it just dawned on me, my entire body was tense because I was just waiting for some zombie to come out and eat my face. And we need some downtime. So keep that in mind. And I know a lot of people ask sometimes, well, Dave, you're the guy that hasn't missed a Monday in forever. Well, yeah, that's true. But I did take a break on one of my shows, and I've just never taken a break on this show now in 16 years. And if I did, I would tell you, hey, next week... I'm taking a week off because I need to build a shed in my backyard and I need the time. And you would probably say, hey, you go have fun with your shed because I guess you like me because you're 30 minutes into this podcast and you haven't tuned out yet. So keep that in mind. Your audience wants you to win. Your audience wants you to be well, because if you're not well, then you're not going to make a good podcast. So keep some buffer in your life. I know I often joke that podcasts are a lot like potato chips. It's hard to have just one. But if I could take a time machine back 16 years to myself, I'd say, hey, Dave, just stop with one. Make one really, really good podcast that inspires people to tell their friends instead of starting however many I've started over the years. So keep that in mind, which is weird from the guy that's like, hey, let me teach you how to podcast. I'm saying, ah, maybe you shouldn't podcast. Keep that in mind. You need three things. 
to have a successful podcast. And none of this has to do with technology, microphones. You need your health because otherwise, well, that's not going to work. You need support from your your family, your friends, whatever that is, and you need your attitude because if you don't have your attitude, well, that's going to ruin your health and you're not going to be good on on your microphone. If you don't have support from your friends and family and they're constantly nagging you because you're always in your studio, yeah, that's going to kind of kill your attitude. And then if you're like, okay, fine, I'll just podcast at four in the morning, that's going to kill your health. I've done an episode on that in the past. But thank you so much for tuning in. And speaking of having a buffer in your life, if you want to hand off the editing to somebody else, check out schoolofpodcasting.com slash edit. That's a team I just assembled to create affordable podcast hosting. Check that out, schoolofpodcasting.com slash edit. Don't forget about the question of the month, especially if you have a co-host, schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. It's really all out at the website, schoolofpodcasting.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next week, join me on my mission to rid the world of boring podcasts. Take care. Class is dismissed. What's her official title? I was going to say accountant, but I heard taxes in there. Account, accountant is fine. Yeah, so accountant. Yeah, so okay. Yeah, I don't want to say something else like, "How dare you, accountant?" <laughs> oh. No, we're we're not big on titles. No, my episodes don't sound like that when I don't use ah crap. See now that I turn my blooper into a blooper. Take two on this one. I didn't use Squadcast on this episode. I recorded this probably about a month ago. And I forget why we didn't use Squadcast, but if you go back and listen, there are times when Zoom was just kind of cutting out for no apparent reason, and that's why I like to use Squadcast. <laughs>